Happy Monday, everybody. It is, <laughs> it's just so, so it goes. It is Monday, 11-7, okay, November 7th, 2022, and welcome to today's show. I kind of shut the music off abruptly. I didn't mean to do that, okay? November 7th, it, I live in Maine, okay? I actually across the country from one of our guests today. We're going to go over to Centralia, Washington, and uh, talk to Dr. Lisa Grant, who's the superintendent of schools there. And Elisa, you'll be pleased to know it's 75 degrees here in southern Maine on November 7th. We're going nuts here. Uh, joining Lisa will be uh, Howie Nuff. Howie is our good friend, Dr. Nuff, is president of Project Achieve. He's an educational psychologist with years of experience and works with school district. Good friend, been on the show many, many times. And for this show today, he's brought Dr. Grant, Lisa, who's the superintendent of Centralia School District in Washington, which is what a great location between Seattle and Portland. Okay. And we're going to talk about how they're working together on a school improvement journey with the staff, the faculty, et cetera. Okay. Assessing their needs, acting on what has to be done, et cetera, et cetera. It's going to be a great conversation. I'm really looking forward to it. I'm Larry Jacobs. We're going to archive this show over at ace-ed.org. That's our home website of all the things we do with our American Consortium for Equity in Education. Please go over to ace-ed.org. Our stuff, everything's linked, teacher retention, social-emotional learning, our magazine, Equity and Access, which Howie writes for a lot, okay, uh, and all that sort of stuff. Our magazine is an online journal. Just click on the cover. We'll have a new issue up there this week, by the way. Okay, so it's really exciting. You want to catch the old issue, then you can go to the newer issue that we're putting together right now. Okay, so please go over to ace-ed.org. We're pretty proud of what we do, and we certainly do it for you, all the teachers and educators, and uh, we hope you enjoy what we do, especially today's show. Ladies first, I'm Larry. Good morning, Dr. Lisa Grant. Good morning. Thanks for having us this morning. I'm happy to be here. Happy to have you here, Lisa. Okay, and Howie, good morning to you, my friend. Well, good very early morning to you, Larry. (laughs) Where, where are you? Are you out in Washington, Howie? Well, I'm actually in Vancouver today. I'm doing a uh, uh, three uh, three day conference, presenting a number of workshops at the British Columbia School Psychology Association. Wow, Howie, I'm very impressed. Okay, what a, by the way, that's one of my favorite cities. And I, I'm so going to ask you, but you're interested. You might be in Vancouver, Washington, which also is a great place, right, Lisa? Beautiful place, yes. It sure is. And I will it say sure it is nowhere near 75 degrees out in this West Coast. <laughs> what, what, what's, the, what's the temperature in, in, in Centralia today, Lisa? I think the high is 41 today. We're having kind of a cold spell. Yeah. <laughs> Can you believe it? I mean, I live in Maine. Give me a break, okay? You know, just I know. It's 37 degrees. right now at 7 a.m. Oh, so. God. <laughs> half us. Half Right, I'm just amazed. So come on over and everybody and sun sunbathe. It's, it's it's really whacked out here. It's been in the 70s for the last week and a half at least, and they're predicting all this week. Okay, which is just <laughs> wonderful. What can I tell you? Okay, it it's is beautiful. Great. I'm sure it is. Lisa, I have to tell you a funny story. I was looking up Centralia, Washington, on the on the internet this morning just to get my bearings. And like I said, you're between. You're exactly between. Seattle and Portland, I can't think of a better location in the universe, okay? 
So I have to tell you, okay, that while I was reading uh, just quick little blurbs on the Internet, it said that (laughs) you're going to laugh. Centralia is on fire and will eventually not be a city anymore. And I did a triple take. I'm not kidding. I, I did a triple take, and I looked further. They were talking about Centralia, Pennsylvania, which is that town that has been burning for the last 40 years due to a coal seam. Okay, everybody is evacuating. This is Centralia, Washington, everybody. Okay, yep. they're not on fire, and they're 37 degrees. Well, here in Maine, we're 75. Okay, but I did laugh. I'm thinking, is Lisa's town burning down? What's going on here? Yeah. <laughs> it's pretty funny. Okay, when I realized what was going on there. Tell uh, the way the way the town was described, Centralia, Washington. When I was looking it up today, it's, it just sounds lovely. A, a, a centrally located, lovely city with a big art history and. Brag, tell us about your school district, Lisa, and just brag about the town you're in. Sure. It is a beautiful place and a wonderful school district. We are halfway between Centralia and Portland on I-5. So a rural kind of area, but yet close to everything. Our district, K-12, is is just under 3,500 students, so not huge. Um, But we have one high school, about 900 students, one middle school, with about 550 students and then five elementary schools um, that feed wow. that. So Sounds perfect. Kind of rural, but with the city, long history um, of its founding and just a lot of pride in the community as well as in the school district. And that comes across when I was looking on the web today, okay? It, it comes across that it's a very prideful place, and I think that's great. What's the name of the uh, school team, the mascot? What are they? The Centralia? Tigers. 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 Yes. Tigers. Go Tigers. Okay. That's right. Go Tigers. <laughs> what can I tell you? Go Tigers. Okay. I tell you, you've been there for three years, and, and in those three years, you must have stumbled across my good friend Howie over at Project Achieve. Okay. How'd you feel, Lisa? How'd you, how'd you link up with Howie? What's, what's going on? So, as we were, um, our, one of our, as we were working on our strategic plan, and then one of our committees of staff and students and others really looking at that and coming out of the pandemic and really identifying yeah. how are we going to achieve our goals, we were talking about our larger culture in our district as an area of focus. And then with our students, how do we help build the systems and structures that support them academically, but also behaviorally, emotionally, socially, and we have need for that. Given our, you know, kind of student demographic, but also just the current structures and needs and where we are. Mm -hmm. And as we were researching, Project Achieve came up, and the more we Mm -hmm. researched, then we met with Howie, then we felt like that met our need for what we needed to do not just short-term, but long-term to build the systems and structures and supports that will help students be successful. Well, you made a good, you made a good choice. I got to tell you, he's a, friend of, he's a good friend of ours. He, he really is. And, you know, since you brought it up, you said about the students today, the demographics, what are the demographics of the district? I mean, free and reduced lunch, that kind of thing, black, white, whatever, whatever you want to talk about. What's the, what's the district look like? Um, so we're actually for our area fairly diverse. We're about yeah, um, yeah. 37% of our students are Hispanic. Um, about yeah. 11% currently are eligible for multilingual services, and we also wow. have some micro services. Um, and then we're 
over 70% um, eligible for free and reduced lunch. Um, so, you know, there is poverty in our area. Not a lot of huge industry. That is something our larger mm -hmm. community is working on that will support that. So if you look historically at education levels in some of those, um, people go often from school to work. So long-term plans, how do we achieve those goals that create more opportunities for kids? But I, I, I think it's then, wonderful. Yeah. Good. And it I, is. And I got to tell you, I think it's, it's, it, you painted a picture of a very nice, diverse district. I loved hearing everything you just said. And I think I interrupted you with it to say a little bit more. No, I think it's, while there's challenges, it is, that diversity gives us tremendous assets that we absolutely. think are beneficial. Yep. Mm -hmm. Yep, absolutely. And and if you didn't have challenges, you'd be bored at work. You're a good superintendent. You need challenges. Absolutely. I would absolutely. Be. <laughs> okay, those challenges make for an even better school district, if I may. We all know that. Okay? They we do. get bored. How, Howie, when you went to Centralia, what 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 did you see? Pretty much what Lisa is describing. It's a very vibrant um, little city yeah. or, or a township, and um, the people there are just dedicated to both uh, the town as well as to the school district, wow. and they've got um, just some incredibly professional educators, very well skilled, and under Lisa's guidance, they're really working toward the next level of excellence. Right, and that is wonderful. And let me go back to Lisa, okay? And I, I, let me start this off. I know Howie likes to do a needs assessment. He needs to know what the challenges are before you can cure them, okay? And and work on it together and get it together. So, if, if, talk to me about that process, Lisa, from your point of view. I can ask Howie in a minute, but getting that needs assessment done. You just said there are specific things you want to do when you looked at the school district. You said we got to do this, considering the the, the, the students we have now. What, what did you find with that needs assessment and a resource analysis? And you know, I think we thought when we kind of originally found Howie that we had kind of done a needs assessment to get to that point. And then I know I realized through the needs assessment process and resource analysis with Howie, we went so much deeper and that was so beneficial. Yeah. You know, our yeah. goal is to really be intentional and strategic and you can't do that if you don't thoughtfully and thoroughly do that needs right. assessment. So it really is helping us leverage our resources, but also focus our strategies and what we're trying to do to get the most I hate to say bang for our bucks, but really the most benefit to students in progress, right? As it's fast true. as we well, can. That's, so that's what bang yeah. for the buck is to get to get those students rolling along and keep the teachers happy, it, 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 et cetera, et cetera. And you know, you brought up an interesting point. You, 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 when you look as a superintendent and all your staff and faculty, you, you need everybody needs this. We need different eyes to look at the situation. Okay, we're we're on the inside and we're looking at an inside situation. We need the outside to really look at it objectively. Okay, and and tell us what's going on. And Howie, just talk about that as you do a needs assessment and a resource analysis. What do you you know to get into the particulars of Centralia? But what are you looking for, Howie? Because that's the way you always start. Well. Well, you know, Larry, every district is different, and every district is sure. the same. Um, <laughs> it's different because you've got different demographics and history and people yeah. and resources and so on, and that's where part of the needs assessment comes in. 
but they're the same in the essence that you've got to use the same evidence-based blueprint for school success, for school improvement. And, you know, and that's one of the things that we've been able to craft in, through Project Achieve over the 40 years that I've been doing this work. We have an evidence-based blueprint that was actually certified, if you will, deemed that uh, by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services back in, in, 20, in the 2000s, early 2000s. And so, yeah, we're looking at the strategic planning, we're looking at the resources, we're looking at the data, but the bottom line is, is we've got to look at the ultimate outcome which is the student's academic and social-emotional behavioral learning, their status, their development, and eventually their proficiency. But to yeah. do that, you've got to look at the intersect between the academic instruction and intervention, if you will, program, and you've got to look at the social-emotional behavioral. But then the intersect is the multi-tiered system because not all students are the same. Students need different services, support, strategies, and resources in order to be successful all the way along the continuum, including special education and compensatory services. So when you're going in and you're looking at that needs assessment, you're looking at three to five years worth of data for trend analyses. I mean, what has the school been able to accomplish? But the needs assessment, you have to go on site. And so I was on site. I did a lot of preparation work. We did a lot of Zoom virtual kind of get to know and, and, and fact finding kind of sessions. But I was on site with Lisa and her team for three full days, and we were interviewing different constituencies. We interviewed focus groups of high school students, middle school students, down to the elementary. So we had to get the human part of all of the data to really look at where did the district want to go and what would be the best path. And thank you, Howie. That was a that was a good summary. So I want to get back. You mentioned this a few times, and I think both of you did. And that's the, the social emotional side of this. And we're coming in post pandemic, and I know for a fact that it's literally top of mind, okay, for just about every superintendent in the country, okay. And and at least tell me about how the emphasis. And I'm sure you always did put some emphasis on it, but it, it seems to be moving as a top priority. Talk about the emphasis on SEL, which I know Howie really feels is extremely important, okay? And how, how any changes that have happened since the pandemic are working out over at the school district. What are you learning? Lisa, Dr. Grant. <laughs> I think we're learning that we knew it was there, um, and it was important, and everyone was focused on it. I think it's kind of been almost exacerbated in the pandemic of, you know, just that yeah. the importance of you can't learn academically, one, if you don't have a safe and secure environment, but two, if we aren't also teaching kids and, and helping them understand those behavioral and emotional skills that they need to be successful, both academically, but also just as students and then in the future as community members or whatever they choose to do. And so it's integral all along. And I think um, also this process, you know, we do a lot of things to teach the constructs of social emotional, like we teach about honesty or friendship, but there's some specific skills also that students need. And I know what what I knew when I way back when I was a special ed teacher and I, oh, wow. and I think it's become much more apparent now wow. even is that wow. we've got to intentionally and explicitly teach those things K-12 
as an integrated piece of what we're doing to help students be successful. Absolutely. You know, and by the way, by the way, Lisa, I want to tell you, Lisa, I want to tell you something important. Since you're a former special ed teacher, that means you're <laughs> going to heaven. That means you're going to heaven. Okay, all special <laughs> ed teachers go to heaven. Okay, I don't know about all superintendents, Lisa, but you've already made the grade. Okay, just so you know that. Yeah, that's probably okay. true. But yeah, so that background me. has helped me all along. I will say no, that. <laughs> talk about patience and resilience. I mean, boy, you learn. You, you learn right. from there. I, I want to carry the SEL thing a little further, okay, because I think it's important these days. Okay, we know it's important, and every teacher intrinsically knows it's important. But, you know, it, it's, when we talk about SEL, I think it's easier for an elementary school teacher, if I may, to incorporate it into what they do because they're with the kids a lot longer in most cases than, let's say, a math teacher or a social studies teacher like I was. Okay? It, you know, you have this curriculum. You have to cover. You're a subject-oriented person, yet the SEL really matters. So I just want to ask Lisa about that. As you look at the needs for SEL right now in the assessment Okay, that showed show the needs. How's that working out with the with the um, secondary teachers, the subject teachers? I want to answer that. It works with everybody. <laughs> well, I will yeah. say, and you know, how he came for the needs assessment. He also came back in July and did some work with our teachers for a week. And we have more to do. This is a journey. We're in that process, but. Yeah, how he will remember that came up among secondary, you yeah. know, wait, who's going to do this? Yeah. I also think, you know, we say, oh, build relationships with kids and we say teach SEL and I could even go back to our teacher prep programs. We don't teach how to do that. So I think Thank we make you. Thank you. Thank you. That's and, and, what I've been saying. We, we were asking yeah. teachers to do yeah. something they've never been trained to do. Yep. Please continue. I couldn't agree with you more. Continue. So we've we have to build that in. It's not fair to our teachers K-12 to say that. So I do agree. Kids. Teachers think of it more in elementary. and But we need a system for doing that. And then we need to teach our people how to do that. And it's got to be aligned as we move K-12. So we are it. in the beginning of that journey. But, yeah, I it, it isn't simple. But it's critical to our student success and, very honestly, our district success moving forward. Absolutely. Uh, the journey of a thousand miles begins with one small step, and you can quote me, Lisa. Me and Mao Tse Tung came up with that on the same exact day. Can you believe it? Okay. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, and what you're doing is great, Howie. When you go in, okay, talk about this. What 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 what's, what are the components that the district's focusing on? Okay, how did you work with them? You know, you're not there every day. Okay, how's this all come together? Okay, right, Howie. Well, and, and, and again, that, the answer to that question is really driven by the needs assessment, but there's also got to be kind of a, a research to practice perspective. But the ultimate is you've got to look at the bottom line. And, and again, that bottom line is the student's academic and social-emotional learning success. But, you know, relative to Centralia as an example, uh, after we did the needs assessment and we kind of put together an action plan, and, and the district was phenomenal. When, um, when we did the needs assessment, we immediately translate that into actionable activities, things that needed to happen and that were high priority given the nuances of the needs assessment. But when I went in and, and partnered with Lisa and her colleagues, um, we did five days. Um, we actually did kind of like a summer institute. So the first wow. day, and this was with, with different people, 
The first day we focused on, across all of the schools, establishing a shared leadership committee structure. Nice. So we talked to the schools about how do we get everyone involved from a staff perspective, but how do we mirror the committees to the effective school and schooling blueprint? On the second day, we talked about student motivation and accountability, which, which basically is discipline and classroom management. But we built what we call a behavioral matrix. So for every grade level, they identified the behavioral expectations in a very specific way with incentives and then four intensity levels of inappropriate behavior, which especially focuses on dis disproportionality. Because sometimes what happens is that teachers are kind of culturally not connected with kids or they don't understand where they're coming from. And so sometimes teachers will refer to the office for discipline, a mild problem that should be handled in the classroom. Yep. But sometimes, again, and it's disproportionate relative to students of color and students with disabilities. So we created an objective, or they created an objective system to look at that whole kind of anchor of student motivation and accountability. The third day, we focused on what are we going to do the first day, the first week, the second, the third week at the beginning of the school year. And so we literally mapped out how are we going to build relationships, students to staff, but also students to students, especially when we had elementary schools merging into middle and then middle going into the, into the ninth right. grade. So we talked very systematically in, in an activity-oriented way, and we prepared that for the relationships. How are we going to start teaching the social skills? How are we going to introduce the behavioral accountability system? So everything was systematically set up for at least the first three weeks, although we had a full year kind of perspective. The fourth day, we focused on the multi-tiered system. And we brought in Project Achieves multi-tiered blueprint, which is really a user-friendly flowchart. What sure happens is. or what should happen when a teacher is struggling with a student either academically or behaviorally? How do we get consultants who are within the districts involved? How do we do database problem solving? How do we, if needed, how do we go to the multidisciplinary team and do a multidisciplinary case conference? How so we started with the blueprint. We started with the blueprint, and then we kind of broadened it out. Yes, yes. Okay, no, I'm, I'm losing still with you for a second. Yeah, I, all of okay. a sudden, I couldn't hear you. I'm sorry, yeah. but I can hear you. But, okay, yeah, that's I don't okay. Know what happened. Yeah. Okay. So, so that fourth thing, I have to ask you a question, okay? And Lise, you can chime in on this, all right? And we'll talk about the fourth and fifth day in a minute. But everything you've said so far, Howie, I was taking notes, has to do with building relationships, okay? Right. That's what it's, that's what, that's what it's been about from, from day one, day two, day three, day four. We'll learn about day five in a second. Prior to, to this little part of the conversation, Lisa was saying that there's a little bit of diversity within the school district, okay? That the 37, I think you said at least 37% of the kids are Hispanic, okay? Yes, and may right. I ask how many, and may I ask how, what percentage of the, the professionals in the school are Hispanic? Is it 37%? Not even close to 37%. Exactly. exactly. Yeah. I didn't mean to nail you on that if I sounded like I was going no. after you right there. We I know it. Not. It's true. Okay. Exactly. <laughs> Exactly my point, okay, yeah. that when you bring in these other eyes, Howie's in this case, okay, and you look at this stuff objectively, it's all about 
setting up and building relationships. And as the school districts get more and more and more diverse, okay, we have to really, because we're not getting enough um, diverse people into education at this stage of the game. So we have to pick up with what we got. Okay, and we got to build relationships with different cultures. I think what you're doing is fascinating. I just had to say that, Howie. All of this is relationship building. And now talk about day five. I'm sorry I interrupted you. No, 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 that's okay. Well, you know, on that point of relationships, and this is a critical point, it's not just the relationships of the staff to the students and the students to the students, but it's also the relationship of the staff to the staff and the relationship of the staff, if you will, not to be, you know, you know egocentric here, but the staff to me as a consultant. Absolutely. Because if the, staff isn't, if the staff isn't comfortable with me, both as a person and a professional, then all the content that we are delivering and talking about and partnering about, people are not going to trust that. But then the staff right. to the staff, the staff have to feel comfortable that they can work with each other, but that they can disagree mm. and agree and do it in a professional way. Mm -hmm. So that day four, as I was saying, was about the multi-tiered services. Day five, we sat with the administrative team, and, and honestly, I just watched in awe uh, because yeah. Lisa was facilitating right. it more than me. I mean, and what, what they did was they took all of the notes, all of the accomplishments, all of the things to do from the first four days, and Lisa and her colleagues the upper administration and the support people crafted a real action plan for the beginning of the school year into the end of the first semester into the end of the first year. So they created kind of a 30-60-90 plan to really make sure that they, they knew what they were implementing, who was going to do it, what, how they were going to evaluate it, and what outcomes they wanted to, uh, to realize. And everybody's involved. So Lisa, how did all, we're now in November. As I mentioned, and by the way, it's 75 degrees here in Maine, if I may. And 37 here, if I may. 37 in Centralia, Washington. Okay. Not that I'm digging on that at all. I don't mean to. Okay. But, you know, you're we're now in November 7th. We're almost at the end of the first half of the year. Okay. So, if I may, you know, how's, that, how's it all going? What's changed? So, it's going well. We're learning a lot. Right. We have a lot right. to continue to work on. We're actually Good. meeting this week feeling like we need to look at that year-long timeline and break some of the pieces down a little more so we don't lose track of that. Um, mm -hmm. We have the benefit of we hired, um, we're calling our principal on special assignment, but someone out with our ESSER funds for this nice. year to help kind of lead some of this. Um, wow. And really how we talked about those those five days, it was a lot each day. And I call them simultaneous pathways, right? You, you need, people felt like, oh, we started that and now we're starting something new on the next day. And I said, yes, but we have to move all these forward simultaneously and still be aware of where we are. That's right. So that was the importance of day five and that fifth one. And then, you know, it is all about relationships, but if we don't have the systems, the relationships can't work, right? So how do we how do we manage both of those pieces and build those and build our staff at the same time to do that work each day with kids? So 
we are learning and growing each day. It certainly is a journey. We're not there yet, but That's okay. I feel like we're getting more and more intentional and understanding better where we are. And even when you mentioned like relationships and our ratio of staff and some of those pieces, as you, as we do this work, some of those come out, but now we have a place for those conversations and then we can add that into the work that needs to happen in our action plans moving forward. Absolutely, and it's, just no, about, it's about mutual respect and mutual, not only mutual respect for people, but mutual respect for different cultures, okay? And it's really a fascinating process, and K-12 education is changing, okay, as we become, become more and more aware of this. And I, I, mean, I, think, it's, I think it's great that, that you guys are putting this together for all the kids so that the kids, okay, get along better, the teachers get along better, the teachers and kids get along better. I mean, it's really just going yep. to keep building and building and building, and that's, that's, a, that's a key thing. And also, I have to say something. I can't remember which one of you said. I think it might have been Howie. The, the key to this, okay, is we can't do this for K-6, then 7, 8, 9, then 10, 11, and 12. It has to be right through the whole K-12 system. We can't have yep. a drop when the kids get to uh, high school, okay? Or it can't start when the kids are in high school. It has to be something that's put in, okay, all through the system so that everybody's on the same page and everybody understands it, okay? Uh, Howie, okay, as, as you look at what's going on in Centralia, what are your thoughts as, as the consultant on this that right now as you look at everything? Well, let, let me go backwards to go forward and piggyback okay. on one of Lisa's last comments. Um, go ahead. You know, I mean, I, education, obviously, we're driven by funding. And, you know, we can sit here and say, mm. well, these are the best of times and the worst of times. I mean, they're the best of times because we, we do have ESSER money. We still mm -hmm. have COVID money that schools have not spent for another That's year right. or so. But then we've got the worst of times where we're always worried, are we going to have enough money the next year, the next three years down the road? So superintendents have to play that balance, and, it, and it's a very tenuous balance at best. But you're spending money as a school district. The issue becomes, are we spending the money smart? Are we doing the strategic planning? And it's, it's not easy work. Are we doing the strategic change processes? And that's not easy work. But we're spending the money. Let's spend the money smart. Let's look at the short term and the long term, and mm -hmm. let's get sustainable outcomes. And that's really something that Lisa's got just an unbelievable vision and understanding of, which, you know, I think her colleagues can, can really kind of learn from. You know, but we do. We still got that COVID money. Uh, we've got ESSER money. We've got special education money. We're not doing the professional development that we need to be doing, but yeah. we've got to do the strategic planning to get to the professional development. So sometimes, yeah. you know, bringing in the outside consultant is a big sometimes financial hit in the short term. But if you distribute it across in the yeah. long term and you're getting the student outcomes, it's actually right. very, very cost effective. Yeah. There's a big yeah, difference ahead. between cost and price. Let me tell you that right now. Okay. If it works, it's well worth it. It's an investment and it well works. Go ahead, Allie. Just want to yeah. comment on it. Yeah. Yep. Now, one of the great things, 
you know, one of the great things about this journey with Centralia is uh, I, I didn't do a, a, you know, a little kitty drop off. Okay. Uh, <laughs> I didn't come in and, you know, and do my, my thing with them for a week and then disappear. This is a, a long-term sustained <laughs> relationship. So, I mean, what happens is that there, are to- there have been any number of times that um, I'm getting emails from Lisa and her colleagues. I'm, we're doing Zoom meetings. And, again, that's all part of the original contract for the districts that are worrying more about the money, okay? That was all built in. Whenever I work with a district, once we finish, if you will, the on-site, the district owns me for the rest of my life. So none of that is charged after. So, I mean, so we're doing the continuing contacts. We're doing the fine-tuning, the mid-course corrections, and they're just able to use me to bounce ideas off. And, you know, I give them my perspective, and then they know the system better than I'll ever know. They make the final decision. But they are moving ahead in a very systematic way, but it's just like anything else, the process of change. Sometimes it's four steps forward and one step back, and then they have to basically adjust to situations and circumstances that just started this year. So all of that is just part of the strategic planning and the change process. It, it really is. And I have to say, I have to, when you have to hear this joke I just made up, Lisa, okay, how he said that, that, you, that you own him forever. So his new motto is, are you ready? Once is not enough. <laughs> I like it. It's Thank true, you. though, right? And yeah. the other thing that's a benefit is this abuse isn't him. just abuse a program. Him. Abuse him. Yeah, we, well, we're trying not to abuse him, but we certainly are using his expertise. But I think the other thing is, you know, Project Achieve and, and the work with Howie and the work we're trying to do isn't just about purchasing a program. Right. It is about right. building the systems and the relationships to do the work long term and be able to sustain it. No one program is going to solve our problems or help us achieve our goals. But putting all the pieces together right. is – and right. we can achieve anything, if, in my mind, if we could do that. And that's what we're after. So um, it, that's why I think it's such powerful work. And how long have you been – I know you've been superintendent for three, for three years. Have you been in Centralia longer than that? Did you, or did you come from outside the district? I'm just curious. No, I came from outside the district. Outside the district. Okay. Now, I have to ask you this. You, you, you come in three years ago, right in the middle of the pandemic, I might add, okay, which is <laughs> a tough time. Congratulations. Okay. And it, it, that's almost a hard time to come in at that point. But let me ask you, as we're talking about all this, and what, what, when you look at the district, okay, Lisa, what are your, go- your goals? You're the superintendent. Okay, and like every superintendent, you're not going to be there forever, but you want a a legacy, a long-lasting impact, okay, which I think is extremely important. That's what leadership is about, okay? So as you look at all this, literally, what are your goals? If you could just kind of articulate that a little bit. Well, my goal as a superintendent for Centralia is that we become the exemplar district for what can be created for students for what we're doing academically, emotionally, behaviorally. Right. doesn't matter what demographics you have. You can do the work both okay. in our state and then nationally because of what yeah. we're doing and the systems and supports we're creating for kids and then the outcomes that are a result of that. That's the legacy I'd like to leave that is then sustainable, right? It isn't about me. It's about how does it, no matter who's here, we've got that, that culture built with those relationships and that system right. built that allows that to happen. 
That's uh, right. Okay. And that's, that's what I think you want to see. And, you know, I'll tell you, you bring in the uh, attitude, the patience, the resilience of a special ed teacher. Okay. And, you know, they, they are literally special. Okay. And to bring that they to are. administration, I mean, is, is just, uh, it's just fabulous. That's all I got to say. I mean, it, it's really just a, a wonderful thing that you're doing there. Okay. Good work. <clears throat> I feel like happens, I have the best job in the world. So you do, you do, except, <laughs> do. It's, except it's 37 degrees. Okay. Yeah, it that, would be better if it was 75 and I was in yeah. Maryland for the day, but yeah. <laughs> Perhaps someday it will. Okay, but not today. Yep. Please move to Maine, a beautiful Maine, where it's always 74 <laughs> degrees. Okay. Uh, but, but, uh, to, I was going to say, my, but the thing is, when you, as you move forward, what do you see for, happening for the second half of the year? Okay. Now we're, you know, we're moving into that. What do you see, Lise, for the second half? Well, I think this. we're meeting this week to really map that out. Um, you know, we've done a lot around the school-wide expectations, how we talked about the classroom behavior expectations. We're really working on those. And so we want to get those kind of finalized and implemented. And then um, have it, by the end of the year, we want to have better built our multi-tiered systems of support. We have some, but they're different in each school, and so we want, again, oh, wow. that K-12 wow. structure um, really systematically. So by the end of the year, we want that ready to go for next year, including as a piece of that, how we haven't talked about it, but kind of that get-go process. How do we build that transition process? So like you mentioned, kids yeah. aren't entering the middle school or the high school blindly, but day one, we've got the right supports in place for them. Exactly. So trying to build all those pieces and then refine what we did at the beginning of this year to make it even stronger for next year. We've done a lot of PD because we, because we want to support our teachers, but we know we need more. Time is, of course, the issue, but we want to continue to build those structures for them in that. That's right. The education world is changing, and, and, and PD, to me, is one of the most important things we can do regarding the, the key problem out there regarding all this is teacher retention. Okay? We, yep. we, can't, we can't afford to lose teachers. Okay? And, they, uh, you know, we're a huge supporter of teachers and educators yep. here. Okay? And, yep. and – uh, but we don't want to lose anymore, and they got a tough job. So I think what you're doing, okay, constantly building up the relationships, constantly listening, okay, makes people feel like they are welcome and they are true professionals. I think that's yep. a key to what you're doing. It makes the kids yeah. feel the happy teachers make for happy kids. Is the easy we way do. to put and it. And you know, our principals too. That job is getting more and more oh, yeah. complex. How do oh, we yeah. continue to support that? Yep. Yep. It's it's. It's amazing. And uh, I hope that you, I hope, and I, I was a middle school teacher for years. And uh, this is the one, <laughs> the one lament that I always had was uh, we were, we were literally in the middle and we never had any meetings with the, with the, uh, with the high school or, or with the uh, elementary. It was like we were, you know, it was a nice rich suburban district. We, nobody knew anybody. And there's, so there's yeah. no continuity. Okay. And it was just, you know, it was and yet you have to have that, right? Yeah, you need you that. Do. That is the beauty of the size of our district is that we can do that. It's feasible, and we need to make sure it's happening. It. And you will do it, okay? And you got the right guy to help you, okay? And Howie, are you having fun in Vancouver, which is one of my favorite cities? 
Howie? <laughs> yes, yes, I am. I mean, I, I can look down the road and I can see Centralia, so that's probably the most fun. <laughs> are you visiting? Are you, you driving know, down and visiting Centralia this trip, Howie? No, not on this, not on this trip. No, but you know, I want to, you know, I want to kind of use Centralia though as kind of a, a microcosm and, and go a couple of quick directions. We know yeah. that not only teacher retention, we've got superintendent retention. Oh, yeah. And the oh, reality yeah. way, is. We've got about two minutes left. we got about two minutes left. Yeah. Go ahead. Yes. You know, school districts like Centralia are probably the typical school districts in the United right. States. I agree. They're, they're small, five elementary, middle high school, and so on. But, you know, school systems have five-year plans. They have changes of superintendents. And even for the existing superintendents, sometimes it's important to do that needs assessment, even as you're transitioning from one five-year plan to the next, is to do that outside consultant needs assessment, get that objective perspective, do that data analysis with the consultant so that you can move to the next five years again and move the district to the next level of excellence. So what Centralia is doing is really prototypical of what should be happening across this country. But I understand it. It isn't often happening. It's not happening enough. That's for damn sure. I may. Okay. But you could see me. I'm shaking my head up and down. Yes, it's amazing. Okay. Uh, you guys are doing great job, doing great work together. Lisa, continued good fortune, okay, in your school district. I think they're lucky to have you, and you're lucky to have them. I think it's great. Thank you. thank you. I'm happy to okay. be here, and we're happy for the partnership with Howie. Thank you, and thank you for allowing us this time this morning. You're always welcome. Let me just say you are always welcome here, so please stay in touch. And I'm going to send you a link with uh, which I'll have this show. You can brag about how good a great uh, time we had here today. And, Howie, thank you, my friend. Okay, fly home safe. All right? All right. Thanks, Larry. Good to talk with thank you, you as always. Thanks. Bundle up, Lisa. It's still 37. I will okay. do. <laughs> Go ahead. Talk to you guys again. Thank you. Bye-bye. All right. Goodbye. Bye. Bye. <laughs> uh, I'll pay for this joke in the February when it's minus 50 here. Okay. But at any rate, it's, did I mention it's 75 degrees on November 7th? We're going to archive over at ace-ed.org. Please go over there. Check out all the things we do. Howie Yanoff is over at projectachieve.info. And you can certainly find Centralia School District, okay, in Centralia, Washington. The town is not on fire like the one in PA. All right, we're going to archive, as I said, at a-ed.org. I'm Larry Jacobs. Thanks for listening.